Before I start today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to terminating a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences when it comes to health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortions, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Learn more at choice.crd.co, and if you are able, please consider donating to abortion funds. Check the show notes for a list of those. Thank you to Ariel Neisenblatt, the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, for starting this movement of podcasters making this announcement at the top of their podcast as well. Speak up, take care, and spread the word. Stay deviant. This episode of Hook Up Horror Stories is brought to you by Spaces, the new chat-based app for queer people to connect about things they are most passionate about. Join a space and chat about your favorite topics, or create a space of your own, invite friends, and find community about pretty much anything, all in a safe, LGBT-friendly environment powered by Hornet. Look for Spaces in the App Store now and join the official Hook Up Horror Stories chat. Check the link in our bio to find out more. Thanks. But the slide and pussy is a homicide. But the slide and that pussy is a homicide. It's a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm Demi Wild, your resident sexual deviant, and today I don't have a special guest deviant. It's just me talking to you guys. Um, and I think it's about time that we've talked about this thing that's been happening for, at the time of this recording, exactly a month ago. Um, it was <sighs> Roe versus Wade. Um I don't honestly have a lot of expertise in this, so I wanted to be sure that I had a well-researched episode for you guys. It's why it's taken me so long to bring this out. Also, I was busy doing other stuff and having a life, but I wanted to do one last episode for this season and have it be a really big episode for you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into anything, I wanted to be sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the show for more. Obviously, this is the end of season one, so it is, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, I hope you guys have really stuck around for this entire season, but you know, subscribe anyways, because I will be back very soon with more. And uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts too. Leave us a comment as to how much you enjoyed it. What's your favorite episode? I would love to hear it. And I do read those things. So please give me a comment. I would love that. <sighs> Let's talk about Roe versus Wade. So obviously a month ago on June 24th, uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, which stripped away the right to a legal abortion for most Americans. Um, in some places it is still uh, legal to get them, um, but for most of America, it is um, 
it's an attack. It's an attack on personal sovereignty. It's attack on health. It's attack on women and the right to choose uh, how to how to do things with your own body. And um, it's an attack on aut autonomy. Um, it's 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 troubling. It's definitely troubling, and it leaves a lot of questions among the air because you know people are speculating that this could also like have a steamroll effect because like obviously this is a really rogue court they've gone they're not really they're the thing is they're allowed to do this they're allowed to just do things without checks or balances but um the thing is is i'm not exactly a great political mind here but um the president does have certain rights and stuff that he can do to in order to do this. However, Biden is saying that he's not willing to, such as expanding the court. Um, so it's, it's just a really troubling time for a lot of people and for a lot of people in America, especially southern states, the Midwest states, a lot of these places where um, it's more difficult to get an abortion, more difficult to reach for, you know, health care for women. And um, I do want to give a little bit of backstory about Roe versus Wade, first of all, because I would like to start that off with this episode first. Forgive me if I'm a little meh about this this episode in particular. I've been I've been uh, out of sorts lately. I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I, I I've been going through a lot of like anxiety and having a lot of like mental health stuff that I've just decided to take a lot of a little free time for myself and really kind of like get back in touch with my emotional state, if you will. Um, uh, mental health is very important. It's been very important to me um, as I hope it is to you as well. So I have a habit of just overworking myself. And then when things don't go my way, I feel like a failure and I feel like things aren't really, um, uh, I feel like I'm, not doing what I what I set out to do, which is to create something of importance to people and to create something that is um, special. And a lot of the times, I I'm my own worst critic. Hello, I'm a Virgo. I I want everything to be perfect, and when things aren't perfect, when things aren't going according to plan, um, I struggle a lot with um, with that. And so I've I've just been taking a little break and. I'm going to be taking a little bit more of a break here um, after this episode in particular, but I wanted to give a little touch base on what's been going on with me, and I hope you guys appreciate that, and I hope you guys understand, um, but thank you for listening, and I, I really love all the new people that we've I've been getting on this show. It's, it's pretty stellar, um, so thank you for tuning in. Um, I, I really appreciate it. So um, in order to get this episode started, it is a very tough topic to talk about, but I wanted to give a little back history on what Roe versus Wade is, if we don't already know, but it's good to just refresh and let people know what's going on. So here we go. In 2022, a majority of Americans support abortion rights. According to a recent Pew Research Center survey, 61% of U.S. adults believe abortion should be legal in all or most instances, while 37% think it should be illegal in all or most cases. That should just give you a precursor about how important that this is, that how 
these select few people that have decided to overturn this 50-year-old law that has given people the right to safe and legal health care and re reproductive rights and abortion care. Um, it just goes to show that these people do not reflect the masses. They don't reflect who uh, we are as a country. They don't reflect who we are as a people and what we actually care about. These people are, are they've gone rogue. They've just decided to change things in order to fit what their will thinks. But back in September 1969, a 21-year-old Norma McCorvey became pregnant for the third time in her life. She had a very difficult childhood, dropping out of school in the ninth grade and ending up in reform school after a motel maid caught her and another girl kissing. McCorvey has had relationships with both men and women, but self-identifies as a lesbian. Uh, she wed for the first time at age 16, but divorced her husband when he became physically abusive to her. After giving birth to a daughter in 1965, she began struggling with drug and alcohol abuse, eventually relinquishing custody to her mother. During her third pregnancy, McCorvey hoped to get an abortion, but laws in her home state of Texas were highly restrictive, only allowing abortions if carrying the fetus to term threatened the mother's health. Unlike wealthier and better resourced women, McCorvey lacked the means to travel to one of the few states where she could get an illegal abortion, and she could not afford to pay for one illegally. Out of options, McCorvey turned to Dallas lawyers Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey, who were in search of the perfect plaintiff for their attempt to challenge Texas's abortion laws. McCorvey's lawyers filed a case at a, at a federal district courthouse in Dallas on March 3rd, 1970, dubbed Roe v. Wade, anonymizing McCorvey as Jane Roe. And the defendant, Harry Wade, Henry Wade, apologies, uh, the district attorney charged with enforcing Texas's abortion laws. Coffey and Weddington argued that Texas's abortion laws violated women's constitutional right to privacy. The district court ruled in, in the pair's favor, but dismissed their request to stop enforcing the state's old abortion laws, leading both Wade and McCorvey's team to appeal the decision to the Supreme Court. Weddington, then just 26, presented her oral arguments to an all-male Supreme Court on December 13, 1961. All-male court. Wow. I, I'm still so blown away that this 26-year-old presented her oral arguments to an all-male court. <laughs> throws me. She and Coffey had made Roe into a class action suit, demonstrating the case for a constitutional right of all Americans to determine the path of their own lives. Just before opening arguments, two Supreme Court justices retired, leaving only seven justices to hear the case. The remaining justices deemed the Texas laws unconstitutional by a four to three majority, but Justice Harry A. Blackman suggested re-arguing the case in front of the full bench, a polarizing proposal. Hmm, sounds a little familiar to me. Re-arguments took place on October 11, 1972, and the court issued its ruling on January 22, 1973, effectively legalizing abortion across the U.S. For, by a seven to two majority. By the time the court ruled on Roe, McCorvey's pregnancy had long since ended. Unable to obtain an abortion, she gave birth to a baby girl on June 2nd, 1970, and she subsequently gave the child up for adoption. Throughout her life, Norma was also um, kind of back and forth about abortion rights. She kind of alluded to the fact that she was being parroted at certain points in her life, but also she kind of flip-flopped a lot. Um, especially later in her life, she, she says something to the effect of, um, I was just saying what they told me to say, <laughs> which seems silly to me because 
I, I, I understand this for from a um, let's take a little snapshot here of McCorby's life herself. She simply just wanted an abortion. She wanted a quick fix. She didn't want to be a political person. She didn't want to be an advocate. She she just wanted help essentially. And so she didn't expect this huge hullabaloo around her, you know, around her case and to actually be kind of this, this spokesperson. So she was kind of put into this position after she didn't really want, she was a reluctant advocate, I guess. Um, so I understand that she kind of flip-flopped throughout her life. Um, she also apparently became a reformed Christian later in her life. And I don't know, people are, people are interesting, I will say, but no one can denounce the fact that she made history. She did uh, create something, whether she wanted to or not. She did create change in the world. Norma McCorvey died on February 18, 2017, and she was 69 years old. Uh, on Friday, June 24, 2022, the conservative-leaning Supreme Court shockingly, but some might argue unexpectedly, or expectedly, overturned the landmark 1973 ruling, marking the first time in U.S. history that a constitutional right has been taken away. You are not the person to make that decision. My doctor and myself and my child, that's who makes the decision. And one of the things I really want to point out before we go is the reason abortion came about. Women in this country lived forever with it being illegal, okay? Women, when they decide something is not right for them, they're gonna take it into their own hands. Care about me as a, as a human being? You should know three things. Getting an abortion is not easy. Making that decision is not easy. It's not something people do lightly. It's not something that you can just do. It, it is a hard, awful decision that people make. And if you don't have the wherewithal to understand that, to start this conversation with, I know how hard this must be for you. If you're starting it, by telling me I'm going to burn in hell, then you're not looking out for me as a human being, whether I subscribe to your religion or not. That was Whoopi Goldberg on The View discussing the leaked draft that actually leaked, I think, a month before this, this happened. So people knew this was going to happen. But she was talking about this leaked draft of, that had basically said, yeah, we're going to overturn this. Um, she was reacting to it and she's put so eloquently and so passionately exactly what a lot of women are feeling right now. A lot of people are feeling right now. And I do want to point out that that clip was actually uh, cut. There was a, a part that was actually cut out of that where she actually said, after she said, women are going to take this into their own hands. There was a point where she actually spoke about before Roe versus Wade, that there were women giving self-abortions uh, in public bathrooms in New York, where she was from. And she was discussing in detail, this gruesome detail of what could actually happen uh, if this is to be overturned and it has been overturned. So 
I feel like a lot of women are going to feel the same way. A lot of people with vaginas, I should say, um, that um, a lot of these people are going to take the matters into their own hands. You know, it's, it's shocking. And people who don't come from, you know, eco, you know, great economic backgrounds, they are going to have to travel and find other ways and find help from other people and other, other women, other people who genuinely give a shit about this type of stuff. And it's shocking to think about all the gruesome stuff that we might be seeing in the near future. He didn't use no ether, nothing. I thought you said he was at real MD. The guy had a dirty knife and a folding table. I could hear her screaming in the hallway, and I swear to God, Johnny, I tried to get in. I tried. It's all right. Johnny's here. I do want to talk about uh, an actual story, though. Now. Um, it's a story that my mom told me. And my mom and I are very close. We share a lot of our personal stories and stuff together. And, and of recent days, she's told me a lot about her life before me. And um, she has given me permission to share this story. I, I do want to say she, I didn't have the heart to have her come on the show and tell the story because it is very emotionally charged. Um, hell, she might not even be able to get through it completely without breaking down. She hardly gets through a phone call with me <laughs> without breaking down. God bless my mom. Um, but she has given me permission to share this story. So I'm going to tell you the story of uh, my mom's abortion, first abortion. So my mom was born in 55. When she was 17, uh, this is right around the time of Roe versus Wade, just after actually it became legal um, in 1973. Uh, she became pregnant. Um, I don't know the details about that, but she became pregnant. And since she was 17 years old, uh, she knew that she could not care for a child at this point in her life. She wanted to be able to provide for her, for her child. She wanted to be able to give her child a good life. And so she told my grandma and um, they decided that it was time to get an abortion. So my grandma took her to, uh, so this is, okay, so 17 years old. This was in 1973. This, my mom would have been 18 in August. This was just, and then it became legal in what, June? June, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, no. <laughs> January, <laughs> January, my bad. Um, in 1973, so between January and July, my mom was amongst the first women to get a legal abortion in California. I'm not sure how the laws were in California, particular, but federally legal abortion. And so um, my grandma took her to this, the doctors, 
And she told me that there was probably 12 girls that were there that particular day. You could imagine <laughs> we saw people lining up to uh, buy toilet paper when shit was hitting the fan during COVID, uh, right? So you can imagine people lining up, women lining up in, in the 70s just after it became legal and safe to do so. Um, not saying that it's a particularly glamorous thing to do, <laughs> but also the fact that it was just a necessity. All these women found that it was a necessity um, to do so. And it was safe and legal for them to do so. So on this particular day, my mom goes to the doctor's office. There was probably 12 girls lined up. She was the 11th girl, of course, to get this procedure done. Um, this is, wasn't an, a back alley type place. It was a, it was a very safe and legal place to do so. I just want to reiterate that, but I will, but, um, so she goes in, she has procedure and she leaves. She is relieved. She's happy. Um, but she did mention the doctor seemed quite tired. Um, a few days after after she's recovering from this procedure that she had, she notices she starts getting a fever and she starts feeling ill. Um, she, my grandma decided to take her to the hospital because that was, it was quite clear my mother was becoming sick and she needed to go. So she went to the hospital and, um, she tells the doctor what happened. She had this procedure prior and she started feeling ill. She was very scared. Um, as one can imagine how scared she was. And um, so the doctor takes her side, you know, runs tests, blah, 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 takes her side, tells her that the part, there was part of the fetus still inside of her. And basically that had caused an, an infection sepsis um and you know had she waited any longer she probably would not have been alive um they said so they had to go in a second time at the hospital remove the tissue that the doctor did not fail to finish the procedure and then she had to be put on some very heavy antibiotics afterwards she made it through, but to this day, she finds it very difficult to talk about what, what happened to her. In fact, the only time I think she's told me this story um, was when we were drunk in Palm Springs, like maybe a year ago <laughs> with my aunt. Um, a lot of secrets came out that trip. It was a good trip. Um, but this one in particular kind of moved me because my mom showed a, a different, I knew she had had these procedures, but she, I never heard the story. And of course she cried when she told me the story, she was very, you know, traumatized by these events. Um, and I'm very proud of her for being able to make it through that though. You know, it, it takes a very, my mom's been through a lot in life and 
it takes a very particular type of person to still, still love as hard as she does, having seen some of the things that she's seen. So I'm, I'm proud of her. I love her. Um, all this to say that because this Roe versus Wade has been overturned, we could possibly be seeing more stuff like this. We could probably be seeing more back alley abortions. We, we could potentially see more people getting sick because of them doing them doing it themselves or doing it the wrong way. And just as Whoopi said, in public bathrooms, you know, it's scary. California's made it pretty clear that it's going to be legal here. So we could potentially be seeing abortion refugees coming from other states, millions of people coming here to get reproductive care to it's so crazy to see, to hear what could possibly happen. You know, it's, it's frightening. So I hope that this story resonates with some of you. Um, it is a true story and it's one that my mom is really a pioneer. Can I say that? She's a abortion pioneer. <laughs> But she's so strong, and I'm so proud of her for that. Now, what are the immediate effects of overturning Roe versus Wade? This is how it will actually affect you, no matter how or where you are watching right now. 13 states have these so-called trigger laws in place for this very circumstance of Roe being overturned, meaning laws that go into effect very quickly now to ban abortion, according to the abortion rights group, the Guttmacher Institute. For example, in Kentucky, Louisiana, and South Dakota, it happens immediately, meaning if you had an appointment this morning at eight for this procedure, you could go through with it, from here on out, no, you cannot, according to what their law has planned there. Then we move to a second group, the next level, abortion bans to be enforced 30 days after Roe is overturned. That includes Idaho, Texas, and Tennessee. And then come a half dozen states where officials would need to certify their legislation is legally valid before their bans will kick in. That includes North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Now this could be incredibly quick or it could take maybe a few days according to Guttmacher. So they could in effect be immediate or a couple of days. And finally, we add in the states that have old unenforced abortion bans, which could now be enforced and those that passed bans under row, which were blocked by courts. Altogether, you get a whopping 26 states certain or likely to ban abortion. And that's compared to just 16 states in DC with laws to protect abortion rights, states which even now are preparing for an influx of patients crossing state lines seeking care. And you can imagine what it will be like in Illinois where it's surrounded on all sides with states that, very, that either have already or very quickly will ban abortion. So what is the severity of these bans? What are we looking at here? Missouri has eyes on targeting even non-residents. If you were to pass through and conceive a child, 
they would continue on that with uh, if you got an abortion elsewhere. So the laws are very severe, big steps out here that affect every community. That was Tom Foreman reporting on CNN about the immediate effects of Roe versus Wade being overturned. And for those few states that it's immediate, I my heart is with you. Um, keep fighting. We can get through this. I believe it. And for the rest of us that um, are, you know, in those states that it has to be um, certified, I, I hope that our government does the right thing, or local governments to do the right thing, and heaven help us. I do want to point out that this all, <laughs> that um, Republicans, the Republican leaning court that we have currently in place, that these people say that they're, they're pro-life you know what is what does pro-life mean exactly you are fighting for the right to life to live live how live under whose rules live under your rules live under their rules all this comes at a time that there's a baby formula shortage that republicans have voted against in the house and senate it is a during a tampon shortage that actually is happening all around us. You know, it's difficult. They're more expensive to get. Um, the harder reproductive care is hard to come by these days. And also that there is this conversation of gun control that's constantly being that's proven time and time again that it affects children. It affects every community and Republicans consistently vote against it. Number one, because they're in the NRA's pocket. Most of them, a lot of them. And number two, that they are just kind of following the herd. But it's proven time and time again that these people aren't pro-life. If they were, they'd be voting for these things to feed children, to uh, to find to support gun control that affect that kills innocent people, hundreds of thousands of innocent people every single year, every month. They've pr they've proven time and time again that they are not pro life people, and the ignorance is astounding. I will say, it's not it's not exactly unexpected. We know this about them they're hypocritical and they're ignorant and they just don't know any better. Whose fault is that? Ours and theirs. It's all of our faults for not educating them for, I mean, we're not that smart in a lot of things either, but we tend to listen to the uh, experts a little bit more than they do. <laughs> Liberals, I should say. Not all liberals. A lot of liberals are assholes too. But I digress. What are the long-term effects of this? Well, a lot of people speculate that this could put LGBT uh, rights at risk. You know, gay marriage. Clarence, Clarence Thomas, he actually literally the day that this was overturned said, yeah, next we're going to take on gay marriage. A lot of Republicans are supporting this. You know, Ted Cruz just said that Ted Cruz is such a fucking idiot. He's just a parrot, really. Um, 
but you know they're they're literally trying to strip away the things that they just disagree with and force their ideologies on everyone and um we're living in the age of idiocracy for sure so those are potential long-term risks that are long-term things that could potentially happen um you know more and more of our rights will be stripped away just because they don't fit in with some rogue courts ideologies so they're just gonna take it away and then we have a i'll 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 say it biden's a fucking pussy for not expanding the courts or even entertaining the idea to expand the courts he's he's old man he's he's not for radical change he's better than trump but that's not <laughs> not saying much you know we need radical people we need radical change we need to fucking upend these people that are here to protect us and they're not so what can we do? Well, there are certain things we can do. Protest. Number one, get out in these streets. Whenever you see that there's a protest, uh, go to it. Make your signs. It is our constitutional right to protest things that we do not agree with, that we think are against our better good. So get out in these streets, protest. Number two, donate. If you can, if you're economically stable enough to donate money, donate to abortion funds, to reproductive care, hell, donate to Planned Parenthood. God knows they've been around forever. They've helped so many people. They've helped me on several occasions. Um, do it. Do it. Donate as much fucking money as you can. Vote. <laughs> vote <laughs> probably the most important thing you can do is vote make sure that the people who are here to be of service to the us the people make sure those people who actually have our better interests at heart make sure they're in office get these idiots that don't deserve to be there or are there only because of money get them out they don't need to be there vote finally stock up get extra plan b's get extra pills extra the pills you know because those might be taken away too at some point help out your fellow vagina having persons uh, if they need help god if, if if you need tampons ask your girlfriend you know if they got them find ways to be useful in the community. Oh, speaking on the uh, protest aspect of it, uh, AOC was just arrested for protesting and Ilhan, Ilhan Omar. We need more people involved in politics that <laughs> are radicals that don't care or that do care, that do care enough to, to be arrested, to cause a stir, to make a message, share a story. I'm gonna end things here. And I'm gonna end things with an, a quote from AOC. And she tweeted on June 24th, voting is critical, but alone it's not enough. 
We will need to organize, strike, fill coffers of abortion funds, open our homes to those seeking safe passage and more to establish and defend our rights. People have more power than they realize. It's time we rediscover it. It's gonna be a hard road, but I'm confident that we'll make it through. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this is a really splendid farewell to season one. And um, I hope to see you again in season two real soon. If you have a story, please reach out to me. Find me on social media at Dimitri Wild on everything. D-E-M-I-T-R-I-W-Y-L-D-E. Reach out to me. I would love to have you on for season two. I will be scheduling interviews shortly. Um, So I hope to see you there. Um, Be sure to check the show notes for all the links that you could possibly need um, for the clips that I used today to the the sources I've used. Also um, to find any resources you might need for abortion and to get this thing, get our world right, get our world right. Thanks for listening. Stay deviant. Be sure to check out the episode description for our guest social media links for more information on this show or to read my blog, So Kapoor Stories and A Deviant's Guide to Sex. Or if you're interested in receiving a personal tarot reading from me, visit DimitriWild.com. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional.